0: Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. Many well-meaning Catholics in our time question the discipline of clerical celibacy. They look to the East and see that priests in the Eastern Rites are permitted to marry, as long as they're not going to become bishops. And they believe that there is no problem of a uh, Ted McCarrick nature in the East. That's not true, but as you'll understand, hopefully at some point, that any large institution has a problem with the Ted McCarrick problem to some degree or another. Many of those who suggest a lifting of clerical celibacy point to the East and say they don't have the same problems we have had, and that is the reason we should lift clerical celibacy. As if... Being able to engage in the marital act actually will reduce such problems. Reality tells a different story. The number one place this happens is in the home, usually done by a family member. Outside of the home, afterwards you get to public schools, then Protestant churches, and somewhere further down the line, Catholic churches. It's not, celibacy is not the problem. It's the infiltration of the church that is at the root of this problem in the Catholic church. Men unfit for the priesthood being placed in the priesthood with the aim of discrediting and destroying the church. That is where this comes from, the diabolical work of Bella Dodd. There's a priest speaking out against this because many of Francis' auxiliaries, those closest to him, are now seeding the discourse waters with the whispers of having to re- lift cel- clerical celibacy allowing for priests in the roman rite to marry and while of course this confusion will persist for many years indefinitely while portions of the catholic church al- allow this practice under limited circumstances the talk now is that francis may lift this entirely the bergolian revolution continues and this priest warns any place this do- this happens the catholic faith evaporates the end of clerical celibacy destroys the catholic faith That may sound like an incredible accusation to make, an incredible statement, but let's turn to this priest now for this warning, as published by LifeSite News. An increasing number of voices in the Pope's circle are saying it. Celibacy is to become a victim of the Franciscan Church reform. Yet celibacy, in particular, is an interesting indicator, because wherever is called into question, the Catholic faith has evaporated. Those who distance themselves from Christ always distance themselves first from the way of life that he lived. This applies to every pope, every bishop, and every priest. Seen in this light, the betrayal of celibacy is nothing less than a new betrayal by Judas. Not even the Vatican seems to shy away from continually committing this betrayal. The pope's heralds are already preparing it. One high-ranking prelate after another speaks out against celibacy and hopes to receive 30 pieces of silver from Francis in return. Cardinal Alphonse Maria Stickler, the librarian and archivist of the Holy Roman Church, described such tendencies as early as 1993. In his book, The Case for Clerical Celibacy, he emphasizes that celibacy was never just an ecclesiastical law that could simply be abolished. On the contrary, the abstinence of the clergy dates back to the apostles and was expected of all clergy in the early church. If they were married, They were no longer allowed to have the marital relations with their wives after ordination. The cardinal traces this practice back to 1 Corinthians 9 and refers to the corresponding resolutions of the Councils of Tours in 461, Gerona in 517, and Avernier in 535. He makes it clear that celibacy is more than a rigorous practice. It is about Christ and the priesthood of the new covenant. In other words, it is all or nothing. Where faith in Christ dies, abstinence dies first, and where heresies and schisms arise, the abolition of celibacy always appears as a harbinger, as was the case with the introduction of the Protestant schism in Germany and England. Seen in this light, celibacy is an indicator of faithfulness to Christ, and that is why the Church has always held on to it. Of course, this is also due to the fact that celibacy refers to the innermost essence of the priesthood. The priest is united to Christ in a sacramental and ontological way. This is precisely why the priesthood is never limited to an external function. It is not a profession like any other, but a sacred vocation, and it demands the whole man, an undivided heart. Being a priest is not a half-measure or a part-time job, and those who do not sacrifice themselves can never perform the sacrifice of Christ at the altar. Cardinal Stickler calls this the ongoing sacrificial life of the priest, which is, of course, as little understood today as the sacrificial character of the Holy Mass. The Levitical priesthood of the Old Covenant, which which involved uh, religious abstinence limited only to the time of the service in the temple, is surpassed in its essence by this New Testament priesthood. This again becomes visible in celibacy, of which Cardinal Stickler writes that it is much more than just an appropriate way of life for priests. Instead, it is necessary and indispensable. It connects the Church with Christ through the Apostles. The fact that only the Catholic Church has preserved this connection truly distinguishes it as Catholic and Apostolic. One could say that celibacy is its trademark and the Holy Seal of Christ. If the Pope were to abolish celibacy, he would, therefore, be acting against the Apostles and Christ. And even if married men, so-called very probati, were to be ordained to the priesthood, it could only be done if they committed themselves to the marital abstinence the early church demanded. Today, however, people no longer want to hear about this because they no longer know Christ. Without a deeper knowledge of Christ and without the sacrifice of total devotion to him, no one can be a priest. Cardinal Stickler points this out in contrast to the mainstream that has taken hold of the reformers around Pope Francis. His book makes it shockingly clear how far the church has distanced itself from Christ. If the Pope were to abolish celibacy, this would mark his definitive downfall and expose his reform program for what it is, an unprecedented work of destruction. It's a harsh critique of Francis and his his program for so-called reform. It's weird. People will defend this suggestion of eliminating clerical celibacy, even though those same ones who do that will then critique Francis on every other reform he wants, he will resist him on everything, but on that, it's a truly strange thing to behold. I will, I guarantee you, I will see in my comments that clerical celibacy should be lifted. I guarantee it, that people will say that it was wrong to do it and that he only comes from the 10th century. Cardinal Stickler disagrees. He goes back to the Apostles and says it was required of the apostles and required during apostolic times. That it was only that if married men became priests, they were no longer to engage in those certain activities proper to the married state. That they may be married, that they may have had a history of engaging in such activities in the married state, but once they became priests, they were no longer allowed to do so. Somehow that practice changed over the years, as we can see from the East. And now we are seeing this as something being imposed on the Catholic Church, or at least spoken about. Perhaps, with the limited time he has left, Francis won't be able to get to this one. Personally, I pray that that's the case. The most strident defenders of clerical celibacy, by the way, are priests, as you saw in the case of the this otherwise unknown priest writing for Marco Tosati, then later published by LifeSite News. I've brought you his letters before, and I intend to bring them to you again. He has, assuming he writes anything in the future, he has a track record of taking great risk to himself by writing in defense of Catholic doctrine and dogma in the face of the Bergolian revolution in the church. A revolution that many Catholics would like to join in on to some degree, because there is this idea floating around the church that the Catholic church is out of date and out of step with the world to some degree or another, even in some ways in traditional circles. And that idea needs to be rejected whole cloth. Either the Catholic Church was founded on the Rock of Peter and is the actual church and is thus infallible on faith and morals and has gotten this right or it's not. And then what are we doing defending it? Doctrines, people say, can easily be tossed out the window. That's actually not true. Doctrines that have a long history are part of the large T tradition and cannot simply be thrown away. To suggest that it can is modernism. I'm curious what you think about what that priest had to say. So let me know in the comments, please. Hit hey, like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.